We're going to pray and dive right in. Uh, Father God, God, we know that um, you desire more than we even desire, God, to meet with you today. Um, God, that you desire to speak truth into our lives and into our community. And God, we just ask that you prepare the way for that. God, we, we ask for your spirit to dwell in this place and um, to fight off any lies that we may be listening to or um, God, anything that's keeping us from communing with you, God. Meet us here and meet us in your word. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. <clears throat> I, have, I have two suitcases up here. and They're rather old suitcases. I just want to point out these are probably definitely older than me, so none of those jokes. <laughs> but if I was a guy that you just met and I just carried suitcases everywhere with me, pretty weird dude, right? You would meet me and you'd be like, yeah, Josh, what's... What's up with the suitcase? And you're like, oh, don't worry about them. They're just with me. And then you eventually get used to them, and we go meet other friends, and they'd whisper to you like, hey, what's up with, what's up with Josh and his suitcases? It's kind of strange. Um, but I would carry these everywhere I go, and they'd probably like bump into things. I won't hit the communion table. That's probably too important. Uh, but I'll hit his piano because it's not mine. Um, <laughs> but if I, I've had to carry these through life, and whether I you know, went into the office for work or I was meeting with a friend or I was coming here or meeting with my community group, like, it'd be pretty weird and they'd probably get in the way. And as silly and as weird as that may be, I think oftentimes for a lot of us, this is exactly what we do. And that's what this series is all about, getting over it. I know it's kind of a light-hearted video that plays, but I'll be honest with you, it's probably going to be a pretty heavy series over the next four weeks. Because... Though these may be suitcases in the physical realm, we're, we're, going to, we're going to talk about the baggage that we carry in our lives. The things that, that really keep us from experiencing the, the, the freedom and the fullness that God has for us in this life and in our relationship with Him and our relationship with each other. And it's going to take us some work. It's going to take us some vulnerability. It's going to take us some honesty to really talk about the things that, that may be baggage that we're, we're carrying into relationship or we're carrying into community. Those things that are keeping us from experiencing all that God has for us. So as silly as the illustration is, I think it's a super helpful one. Because in all reality, that's what's happening. We carry this baggage in and it's bumping into things and into people. And my wounds eventually cause other wounds and those around me. And we want to deal with that stuff over the next four weeks. So we're going to, we're going to walk through a handful of topics, a handful of areas that, that we carry baggage in. And we're going to try to find freedom walking with Jesus in the midst of those things. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 today. Um, just verses 31 and 32. And then we'll, we'll take a look at what Jesus says on the topic as well in Matthew. Uh, but the verses will be on the screen. And I want to start with verse 32. It says this, be kind and compassionate to one another. I promise this isn't the one another series that we just finished, though it still applies. We're still going to be great at one another and one another here at Hill City. But be kind and compassionate to one another. How do you do it? Forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. How do I show true compassion? How do I show true kindness in the midst of relationship? I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive um, even if it's hard. I choose to forgive even when the person that wronged me wronged me in a pretty horrific way. I choose to forgive. What happens when we don't, don't choose to forgive? 
We don't choose to live this out. We don't choose to live in compassion and kindness. We don't choose to live in this, this forgiveness. This is what happens. In verse 31, here's the juxtaposition that Paul is trying to point out to us. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. When we choose to hold on to our unforgiveness, when we choose to hold on to, to those ways that we've been harmed and we've been hurt, this is what comes out of us. Bitterness, anger, rage. We find conflict after conflict in relationship. We feel this need to, to throw slander or throw words of, of whether true or not, but paint people in the wrong light on those around us. Here's the crazy thing about this, this verse and these topics. I had this conversation, I think three times this week minimum, with different people uh, on this exact topic of like, how do you find forgiveness and how do you choose to forgive so bitterness doesn't take root? We wrote this, we wrote the teaching calendar back in September. <laughs> and here's God's working things out. And, and some of you are in this room that we had this conversation and know this, this was written in September, not the sermon. I wrote the sermon this week, but the topic and the verses. So don't get mad at me. Just get mad at God. His timing is perfect. But I also think God's in the midst of something here. That God's trying to bring freedom to our community and to our people. I mean, if we're willing to, to lean in, we're willing to dive in, I think we can find it. But if we let that bitterness take root, that, that word bitterness is pikra in the Greek. Not that I'm a Greek guy, but I thought this was important. Uh, and it means extreme wickedness or bitter root. So producing bitter fruit, a bitter hatred. And this is what forgiveness, lack of forgiveness does in our life. Because here's the reality. You're going to get hurt by people. That's just the reality of humanity. We're sinful people and we're going to cause harm. And the, and the truth is, there's probably some harm in this room that is absolutely devastating. That I don't fully understand or could even connect with. It's so hard. But if we're going to try to find freedom, we have to figure out how to forgive even the most worst of things. It's not for the other person. The other person doesn't even matter in this moment. The person that harms you. What matters is the forgiveness that you're going to choose to give so you can be released from that conflict. You can be released from that wound. They can start to find this freedom and this hope. Because what ends up happening if, if we don't hold on to forgiveness and we let unforgiveness reign, it's like a virus. And if we're a tree, it gets onto our branches and eventually gets into our, our system and it eventually gets down to the root. And it's not just that one relationship that I have bitterness and anger in. It starts to be all my relationships. Right? It gets back to this baggage idea. I take this unforgiveness everywhere I go and I cause more harm and destruction in my path because I chose not to deal with it. I chose to hold on to it. And this is where we're trying to find freedom from. Let's look at what Jesus says on the topic. In Matthew chapter 18, uh, Peter and Jesus have this conversation about forgiveness. And Jesus really goes back to the root of it all. In Matthew uh, 18, starting with the verse 21, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Essentially, as many times as it takes, keep forgiving them. Remember, forgiveness isn't for them. Though it helps relationship, forgiveness is for your own heart. 
right? We want to fight the unforgiveness so bitterness doesn't take root, that anger doesn't take root. And I don't start to spread that among my community. 22 again, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A king wanted to settle his accounts with his servant. And he began the settlement, and as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and that all that he had uh, be sold to repay the debt. At the time, the servant fell to his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled his debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who also owed him a hundred silver coins. And he grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it all back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told the master everything that had happened. And the master called the servant, you wicked servant, he said, I canceled all your debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant who had, who, who had owed you? In his anger, the master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he, could pay, he, should, until he should pay back all he had owed. And Jesus ends it with this. This is how your heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Here's the picture Jesus is trying to paint. Right? He's, he's talking to Peter. He's talking to this Jewish audience. And he says, it's like this. It's like, I have come, right, Jesus. I have come to pay the penalty for your debt, for your sin. And I'm going to take care of it. And it's us taking that, that forgiveness today and turning around and not showing the same type of forgiveness to those that we come in contact with. It's us choosing to, to be the victim. It's us choosing to, to remember all the ways that they've wronged us, right? We talked about that in the last series. How do we love well? Keep no records of wrongs. We just assume that we're going to get hurt that way again. And we take that into the next relationship and cause just more destruction because we haven't dealt with the wounds and we haven't chosen to forgive, even though Jesus has forgiven you. You're like, but, but Josh, I haven't done what they did to me. I've never done that to anyone. You don't think you've hurt God? You don't think you've sinned against God in a way that causes him to, to weep? You don't think that you, you've sinned against God in a way that... No, like we all have. And if we were honest enough with ourselves, we'd realize that. And we'd realize the gift, the forgiveness that we find on the death of Jesus on the cross. And it should be the same gift that we'd want to give those that we come in contact with and that's around us. Whether we think they deserve it or not, because the reality is, we didn't deserve Jesus' forgiveness. And that's the point he's trying to make here. He's like, here's the new kingdom established. Right? Him coming onto earth, being the sacrifice for our sins. And thus taking that forgiveness and essentially just trampling all over it because we choose not to forgive those that have harmed us. And, and, I, and I get it. Like, I'm not trying to downplay the harm that's been caused to you. But Jesus' death on the cross 
provides enough forgiveness even to your deepest of wounds. He's bigger than it. He went to the cross for them. And there's this peace that we have to start dealing with the junk, this baggage of our life and choosing to forgive in the midst of it. And that's what we want to dig into here in just a moment. Um, there was a lady, she wrote a book. She wrote a book called uh, Tramp for the Lord. Um, in the introduction, her name's uh, Connie Ten Boom. And let me just kind of read you this introduction. A survey of a, a survivor, sorry, of a concentration camp during the Holocaust, Connie Ten Boom, dedicated her life to traveling and preaching about forgiveness. She told the stories of her losing, of her, losing her family members to war and in the camps and how she had released her bitterness and anger towards those who harmed them. She is quoted as saying, there is no pit so deep that God's love is not still deeper. And God will give us the love to be able to forgive even our worst enemies. Later in her life, Connie met one of the concentration camp guards um, when he attended one of her meetings. And after initially struggling, she graciously forgave, embraced, and wept with him. I forgive you, brother, I cried. With all my heart, for a long moment we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did right then. But even so, I realized it was not my love. I had tried and I did not have the power, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the beautiful thing about us trying to forgive. And my guess is, is there's probably people in your life you haven't forgiven. And, and God's prompting those names right now. And maybe it's bringing up the, the junk of that, the feelings and the, and the pain of that. Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't saying, white knuckle this and figure it out yourself. No, he's saying, I want to walk with you in the midst of this. Let me help you in this. Let me show you how to love your enemies. Let me show you how to find forgiveness. Let me show you how to find freedom. He's not asking you to do it on your own. He's saying, I'm right here if you just let me help. But all too often we think it's our, our, our responsibility and we just take all the control ourselves. We say, no, 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 God, I've got this one. I know how to take care of it. I'm just going to wake up every morning and I'm going to tell myself I forgive that person. And months go by and years go by and forgiveness never comes because you try to do it on your own. So let's get practical. Let's get practical of how we actually find forgiveness, how we actually choose to dig into the heart of, the, of, the heart of these things, whatever these things may be for you. And I know it's probably a gamut. Maybe some of us were like, I felt like I've dealt with most of my, my unforgiveness. There may be some of us in the midst of it right now, and God's been pro, pro, uh, prodding you for weeks. Like, this isn't a new thing. You're like, yeah, God's been talking to me about for like a month now. I just don't want to do it. Three steps. Three steps to practically forgive people. First step is this. You've got to have two conversations. This is actually just one step, but it's two steps in the one step. Follow with me. Two conversations. First conversation you're going to have, it's going to have to be with God. This is what this conversation is going to look like. You're going to share every detail, every fact, and every feeling. You're going to walk through the whole thing. 
from the very beginning of where you think it may have started to the very end or to where you are today, forgiveness hasn't come. And you're just going to talk to him about it. God, here's the facts of what happened, the timeline. If you have to draw it out, draw it out with God. And then talk through how it made you feel in the midst of those things. Why is this important? Because we have to bring the darkness of our life to light. Right? we got to bring it out. And it starts with these conversations with Jesus. If you're not uncomfortable, if you don't feel exposed while you're doing this with Jesus, you're not pushing hard enough. Push harder. Let it out. God, this is how I think I felt. If you can't identify it, start to just describe it. You've got to let these things out. You've got to have that conversation with God. That's where it starts. Step one, B. <laughs> Two conversations. You need to have a conversation with someone that loves Jesus and loves you in that order. Why? Because they need to love Jesus more than you and want Jesus, what Jesus wants for your life more than they want what you want for your life. Right? They're going to have to speak some truth into you. They're going to have to remind you of who Jesus is and what he's capable of doing. And you're going to go through the same process with them. You're going to walk them through it. Here's what happened. And a good friend is going to let you just talk it out. Right? You may hear this if you're a part of one of our community groups. You hear us go over the guidelines on a regular basis. They're not here to try to fix you. They're not trying to, hear, to, to, to rescue you. They're going to let you be in the midst of that because it's important. And when you need help, they'll be there for you to carry you through it. But you've got to have that conversation with somebody else. Why? Because we need to bring the darkness of our lives to the light. We've got to bring it out. Right? Darkness has less power over our lives if it's brought out into the light. So we bring it to Jesus and we bring it to a friend. Step one, two conversations. One B A. Is that how they, those work? I don't know how those work. <laughs> I'm not smart. I don't write. <clears throat> Maybe it's something really hard. We're not talking about just conflict between friends or or way like it's something that, that has really messed you up. If that's where you're at, Christian counseling is not a bad thing. Christian counseling is a great thing. And you're going to find a Christian counselor. If you need help finding one, reach out to us. We'd love to recommend someone to you. But you're going to go to that Christian counselor and it's going to be a very similar process. But you're just going to say, I need to find freedom in this area. And they're going to know what to do. They're going to walk you to find forgiveness. They're going to get you through the process. And sometimes that's what it takes to kickstart it. There's no shame in it. If you want to find freedom in this, you don't want to carry bitterness into your relationships. You don't want to keep asking yourself, why do I not have any close friends? Why is it so difficult for me to do this? It's probably baggage we're carrying, and this may be your baggage. Maybe one of the other three. Keep coming back. But step one, have two conversations, possibly three. Step two is this. Start praying for them. Whoever hurts you, start praying for them. And if you're not at a place where you can pray for them and pray good things for them, start praying, God, help me and soften my heart so I can pray for them. Let that be your prayer. But you've got to get to this place where you've, you've made them human again. That they're sinful being, doing you know, bad things, but we're all in those places at times. There's been plenty of people in my life that have harmed me. Shoot some of those people you guys know. And I could hold on to the bitterness of those things, and I could say how horrible of a person that they are, but that just holds me and sticks me in that spot. And eventually that, that unforgiveness turns into bitterness and rage and anger, and I can't say a nice thing about them. 
depending on how far down that road you've gone, you might have a, a far road to come back from. But if you can start to pray for them, if you can start to say, God, not, not prayers of judgment. <laughs> We're not like, God, get them. God, I want you to curse them with the worst curses you have. No, it's God, I'm really struggling to love them. But I know you've commanded me and called me to it, and I know that's where I find forgiveness, so teach me how to do it. When he starts to teach you how to do it, it's like, God, I want what's best for them. I have compassion for where they're at. I get why they made the decisions that they made. I hold nothing against them. I want them to find freedom like I have found freedom. Pray for them. What was the first one? Two conversations, possibly three. Second one, start praying for them. And third one, make the choice, and it is a choice, to forgive them. Right? How did Jesus say it? Jesus in 36, he says, This is how your heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brothers and sisters from your head. No, from your heart. Sure, there's a headpiece of like intellectually you have to make the choice, but I've got to feel it. And getting this place of feeling it, of I do forgive them, I hold nothing against them, this is where I walk with Jesus and I make that choice every day. That I talk through it. If I wake up the next day and I feel like I'm back right where I was the day before, then guess what? I start the process over and I start talking to Jesus and I start talking to my friends. I keep praying for that person over and over again. If I need to dedicate a lot of time to do it, I better dedicate a lot of time to do it. That's my piece. God will do the changing of your heart. That's his piece. But you've got to do your part. We want a community here that, that isn't carrying around a ton of baggage. Don't get me wrong. We're going to have baggage. We're all human. We're all sinful. But if we can deal with these big things, we can deal with these things that are keeping us from real forgiveness and real hope and real freedom. We have nothing to offer them. Salvation, great. But then they look at your life and say, I don't want what you have. I don't want the bitterness. I don't want the anger. I don't, I don't know what the issue is. It seems like you're fake all the time. No, we want a community where we're genuine and we're the real us around our community. Where people look at it and say, I don't know what's going on in your life or what secret sauce you have, but I want it. Like, I saw how they hurt you. I saw how they caused harm, and yet, like, it's like it, it hit you, you felt it, and it just went away. I don't know how to do that. That's where we get that. We become attractive, and people want what we have, and it's this relationship with Jesus. Why he went to the cross. Forgiving one another in all honesty on our own is hard. Like we've got to walk with Jesus in the midst of this. And this is where it all starts. If you're struggling with, with forgiveness or how to give it, there may be a good chance that, that you haven't fully received it from Jesus. And if that's where you're at, hey, I highly encourage you, take a step of faith and say, Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe that you died and you rose again. And I believe that, that my life is now yours. It's that simple. That's how you start a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you today, ready to start that relationship, we would encourage you to get baptized. It's the first step of obedience. It's just essentially us saying, hey, I want, the, I want the church family to know, I want the world to know that I am now Jesus's and he is now mine. And I'm buried with my sin and raised to new life because that's what Jesus has offered me.
And we have everything you need to get baptized today. We have shirts, clothes, towels, you, everything you need to get baptized. And here in a moment, we're going to go into communion after this first song. And during that time, come talk to me at the thing. And I'd love to, to get you baptized today and take that first step with Jesus. For the rest of us that know Jesus, I think there's going to be hard conversations this week. I think we're going to be talking to Jesus this week and getting into the root of some of these things. And it's going to be hard. You're going to need your community around you, so reach out to your community groups. Say, hey, this is what I'm planning to talk to Jesus about today, and I need some encouragement. I need some help. I need eventually someone to talk to about it as well. Let's start to get these things out into light so we can start to find freedom from them. Be praying for them and choosing to forgive them. Not for their sake, but for ours. Let me pray for us. Father God, God, more than anything, um, God, we want everything you have for us in this life. And all too often, it's this junk of our life, this baggage we carry that keeps us from it. So we don't get to experience it. And the enemy that lies to us over and over again to keep us stuck in that place. God, prick hearts today. God, remind them of situations that, that we've experienced and ways we've been wronged and things we're still holding on to. So we can start those conversations with you. God, if we don't have that conversation with you today, prick our hearts tomorrow. God, hit us in the head the next day. Slap us around the necks until you get our attention. Because this matters. Because we want that freedom. We want that hope that's found in you. We don't want to cause destruction around us and into new relationships. God, we want to be the people you've called us to be. So God, give us the courage, comfort us when we're scared to have these conversations. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that your spirit dwells in us and around us and is here with us today. Your son's precious name.